0: change the world, your one mic one voice you
1: can change the mic one voice welcome to the one mic one voice show building the collective conscience a show that is created to give space where your voice ideas and informed opinions can be heard appreciated and debated i am michael eric Owen, and hey hey i
0: am dt you sounding
1: smooth, man. Just take some uh Man, I've been taking lessons. Okay. <laughs> you know, Richard's been giving me lessons, man. You know <laughs> Yeah, Smooth one on one. Yeah, yeah, uh. yeah. He's been giving me jazz lessons on the microphone. But man, it is it is great to be back in the studio with you. Yes, sir. So how you been, man? I mean, things been going on, man. You had a fashion show you were in, man. Talk yeah, a little man. bit about that.
0: Uh, you know, um, it's kind of hard to talk about. Okay, so so one of my friends, right, a classmate of mine, uh, Jasmine Gower, uh, her and I graduated together. She asked me to be a part of this fashion show uh, that she's been a part of for the past few years now. And I believe this is the, the third annual uh, fashion show okay. that uh, LaKeitha Burks is, is, has had. <clears throat> the name of her clothing line is called Back to My Roots. Mm. And... Um, uh afrocentric kind of um african-centered mm-hmm. clothing yeah. uh type deal so you know i, I didn't feel a, a problem with uh being a part of that and so i did it i was the king i will let that be known you are a king of, of, the, of the fashion show so uh you not were the king had, You are a king. i had one of the predominant roles in the show and it was exciting man That was it was good my mom and um uh, my, my lady came out and supported. You know, it was it, it was just a good time. I was actually seen uh, Nikki Nice from the okay. open mic talk show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, They're um, hosting. Okay, and so yeah, man, it was it was a, a new experience for me. You know, to get out there and uh,
1: strut my little stuff. But yeah. uh, I had a good. This time. was the day after the gala. Right? Yeah,
0: day after the gala. You know, my okay. weekend was packed. <laughs> I talked about our last show, man. Like I felt like I had the the blackest Black History Month <laughs> right. ever. Um, you know being a part of the gala being a part of the fashion show being a part of the um production we went to go mm. see the play yeah which uh starred one of one of your sweethearts no doubt right le marie uh and so man it was it was awesome And i like i said I, I i i now i think i hope to plan to get more uh stuff like that lined up but uh it was it was a blast just kind of putting myself out there and just being a part of it all.
1: I mean, it was a Black History uh, Month to remember. I think there were some, some significant some significant things that happened. And I saw the pictures, man. You you look smooth, bro. No doubt. I mean, you looked uh, you look like a king. No doubt. <laughs> well, every day you look like a king. So I don't know what I'm talking about. But, you know, folks, we, we are continuing on part two of social exclusion. Matter of fact, we were not going to make this part two. We were, we were like, simply done with this. But we heard so much feedback during the week from folks that have been, like, into the episode and had so many comments. And so we just kind of wanted to, you know, return to this topic. And sometimes in life, you know. The first go-around is not enough. Not enough. Not enough. You know, some, enough. sometimes, you know, you sometime, to... <laughs> Mike, I feel like the topics that we
0: bring up could uh, be elaborated, elaborated on for weeks at a time. Absolutely. Uh, because, you know, with information and knowledge, you know, you can never really delve deep enough mm. sometimes. And, you know, when you're scratching the surface, and that's why it's important, I'll put a disclaimer in it, that you become a part of our Patreon Absolutely. Uh, membership because we do go a little bit deeper on some of these topics that we bring up. Uh, but I do feel sometimes that it's necessary to uh, recap or try and um, scratch a little deeper than we do sometimes on the shows because it's necessary, absolutely, um, to just just give the people and give ourselves that that due diligence to to dive into the depths. That's absolutely,
1: Patreon dot com slash one mic one voice. Become a member. You can get behind the scenes before the show. Folks, you can get the raw deal of what we're trying to do here. Shout out to all our listeners. I know we don't Man, do that enough sure love across the globe, across you the know, globe. From, from the continent of Africa to the United Kingdom. You know, we just really appreciate in the United States, we really appreciate uh, all your comments because your voice matters. I mean, one mic is about your voice. It's not about our voices because we're going to give you our voices. <laughs> I mean that's that's a given, right? We're go, we gonna give you our opinion, uh, and we we try to be as as unbiased as possible. But you know, it slips in there, and and we deal with it, and we live with it, and and we also argue uh, in favor of that. But your voices matter, and matter of fact, man, we we are in the midst. Matter of fact, we're on the cusp mm-hmm. in Oklahoma City of a
0: teachers walkout. Uh, walkout, walk out, right? And it's like. Uh, and I just want to be clear that the teachers in Oklahoma are not necessarily, um, advocating for them to be leaving their students mm-hmm. behind, but what they are doing is standing up for themselves and saying, you know, Hey, break us off. Cause you know, we matter. Uh, and that's the, that's the, that's the whole deal. You know, you need to pay the people who are driving the, the driving the train, right. You know, like, uh absolutely it makes it makes it just makes sense you know so uh as of lately we're we're in a spring break week uh, this is the start of, of spring itself and a lot of our teachers aren't even getting to enjoy uh this time off they're actually spending their time advocating and and, and educating our uh, lawmakers about what exactly is happening uh kfor put out a uh, article um, <clears throat> which states that oklahoma teachers spend spring break at the capitol And so um, it says many uh, spent their Monday lobbying at the Oklahoma State Capitol to avoid a teacher walkout. Avoid. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't want this to happen, but so be it. Um, Currently, they still have two weeks to put something on that table, said Eric Winkler, president of Putnam City Association of Classroom Teachers. If not teachers, if not teachers are prepared to walk out uh teachers traded their vacations for a chance to advocate on behalf of a teacher pay hike uh one teacher says my textbooks are from the 80s and the 90s and we barely get to get to use them we don't have any funding to replace that said michael rally midwest city high school teacher Uh, rally said that he had he had to lobby for a change in teacher pay uh, with handwritten cards in their hands and teachers are hoping to see some changes uh, they say we want to make sure our representatives know that we are not wanting a walkout to happen, Rally said. Uh, Rally supports the Oklahoma Education Association plans for a $10,000 teacher raise and a $5,000 raise for support staff. Uh, Ginger Tenney doesn't think the plan will work, so she has another in mind. So the plan we have is realistic, she says. It's not fake. It's not fluffery. It's real. And we believe it's going to get passed. The Professional Oklahoma Educators is also lobbying Monday. Uh, The group is is pushing a plan unveiled last week by Speaker Charles McCall. Uh, The proposal would raise starting pay for teachers by 5% for the next school year. By the sixth year, teacher salaries in Oklahoma will be more than $42,000. Those who serve more than 25 years could see about $60,000. I think this is only viable. I think it's the only viable plan. and I don't want our teachers to walk away and have nothing, Tenney said. Cindy said the plan would take the place of salary schedule. So it's funded. So far, teachers don't support the proposal. That is something that is six years down the road. Winkler said we're losing people this year. Uh, another says, I don't think there's a path to get a $10,000 pay raise this week. Uh, Representative John Eccles. Eccles sees something about three to five thousand raised this season without anything being included for support staff. And so we're facing we're facing lots of lots of issues. Uh, says I do I do know we have have to have something, and it needs to be this, this legislative season. Uh, said Representative Jason Dunnington, the Poe plans does not include a raise for support staff.
1: Man, let me say this: and um, when we can't pay our teachers, the people that educate our children the people that instruct those and shape those, the future of our country. This should not even be a debate. This is the problem that I have is the fact that we're in silly season. 2024, you're Uh talking about giving them the raise that they need? Okay, what is the cost of living going to be in 2024? Right. Inflation will (laughs) do its thing. (laughs) I'm like, "This this, this is idiotic to even suggest that it to me it boils down to this is a i want to say a a determinant position by those in power to simply say we don't care. Mm-hmm. We don't care. Because if you care you would make it happen. You would find it. Man, we the things that that the state is funding cannot be there are there are some priorities that I would agree with that the state is doing but I guarantee you if we looked at the state funding we would clearly say that paying our teachers and our support staff those that are in there every day dealing with trenches. our kids that they're worthy of what they're asking for. It's not outrageous. They are the lowest paid in the United States I could see if they were in the middle. I could see if they were up at the top. They're at the bottom. Hmm. What part don't you get? Nobody wants to wait to 2024. I say no more. One Might One Voice stands with teachers. No doubt. And I'm going to say like this. You unite. You stay together. You strike. You put the pressure on them. You make them. Bend to your Mm will, because only when that happens will you get what you deserve. Not, listen, this is talking about getting what you deserve. It's not like they're not putting in the work. Teachers are working, man, to 10 o'clock at night.
0: Man, weekends.
1: Come on. Family time missed. It's ridiculous for us to be sitting up here discussing whether or not we should give a raise to the lowest teacher pay in the United States. It's ridiculous. And it's shameful. It is shameful. The nation is looking at Oklahoma and they're saying, shame on you. Mississippi. Oh, my God. Okay. And, and and, and again, I don't want to offend any of our listeners in Mississippi. Okay. We appreciate you. But you don't have a stellar education system in Mississippi. Mm. The data proves that. But you pay your teachers more. I respect that. More than Oklahoma. What in the hell could these people be thinking? This is what I'm talking about. You don't pay our teachers. It simply says you don't care about our children. We got a comment. What does it say, D?
0: Uh, Eliza chimes in. She says, are the teachers in your state able to apply for grants? And In my opinion, like, what good is a grant? to a teacher who is not um, starting up her own or his own a not-for-profit program or something that uh, is is extending their own professional platform. Uh, The grants are are for the institutions. And so if the individuals don't represent an institution or a business or some type of entity, then uh,
1: the grants don't don't go very far. And one thing I say about grants, I mean, grants are are you can you rarely find a grant that's going to give you operational dollars. Mm. I mean, grants are going to go to programs, grants are going to go to supplies, mm-hmm. grants go to those things. There, there are institutions that do not want to give you grant money for operations because they feel that should go somewhere else. But and Eliza's point is, is that yeah, I mean, sometimes when you're in a position where you're not getting what you need from the system, mm-hmm. you have to look outside the system to support that. The only the only concern I have is that's not sustainable because I think Oklahoma is at the point where we all need a raise right, right. It's not just about one teacher or third grade teachers or seventh grade teachers. It's about the collective about all teachers and how do we get to that point man and and, and you know um, I you know maybe we need to bring this you know this the state superintendent on the show. Cause I know she supports what's going on. Mm-hmm. You you find that you have superintendents throughout Oklahoma that supports the teachers and what they are doing. So you people out there that are saying, "Well, the teachers get three months off." They don't. They don't. They have to go through training during the time that that they're off. Right? Mm-hmm. They have to they have to prepare for going back to school. It takes them a damn month just to kind of get it out their system. Tuh. You know what I'm saying? Just just to exhale, it takes them a month. So this whole idea that you know, like they're living these flowery lives, and 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 I'm gonna say this, okay? Some of our students, man, they hard to deal with. D. My gosh! I mean, you're talking about Chucky's <laughs> arrival right every day. <laughs> Mom sent him home like, this is my little angel. <laughs> no, ma'am, this guy's uh, full of fire. <laughs> <laughs> they are dealing with difficult situation, discipline problems while trying to teach. Listen, folks, this is a no-brainer. I'm going to say the state legislators, you need to get this done. Bring the shame off of Oklahoma. Pay teachers what they're asking for. And let's move forward and educate our kids. Folks, we, 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 we're going to take a break. We have a comment coming up. Yes, Remember, sir. we're talking about social exclusion. We have a comment coming up, and we're about to get real deep. My God, I boom, about to boom them. You see that voice got real he deep? got real deep. We're about to get real deep. All right, nah. All right folks, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Oklahoma Humanities' Brain Box podcast uses the humanities to take listeners on a deep dive into the issues affecting American society and culture. Join some of Oklahoma's most interesting and knowledgeable humanities scholars to explore how history, literature, ethics, philosophy, and other humanities fields inform our understanding of current events and the human experience. And to find the Brain Box podcast, simply search Brain Box podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, and any other podcasting library. If you have any ideas or comments rattling around in your noggin, email us at brainbox at okhumanities.org. This is Josh K and I
0: am Leah Marie.
1: And when we listen to podcasts, we always listen to
0: one mic, one voice. You can change the world. It's your choice. Your choice.
1: Social exclusion. Yeah. Are you, do you feel left out? Are you not part of the process? Are you not in the mainstream? Are you the only one in the room that feel like you don't fit in? Well, this conversation is definitely for you. Some people, D, say integration was a problem. Yeah, big mistake. Some people simply say that we need to have our own. We need to get away from the mixing and the blending and the... I would say the social interaction between the races, um, deep, deep analysis. We had a listener that kind of went into that same vein. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yes, sir. A uh, guy, Boom, out of New Orleans, who is also an
0: educator, also a mentor, also New somebody who uh, spends a lot of time with, with people, with students, uh, just giving back whatever he can. Uh, but he, he did have a, a question, and we've talked about this on the show in, in previous uh, episodes about the importance of casting your vote and putting yourself uh, in a position to have a voice and a choice in what is going on in the mainstream, um, a society. So he says, question: You know, how long have have people of color been allowed to vote? Um, you know, two. How many people of how many people of color have held a political position? What's changed? Are people of color in a better position educationally, financially, socially? He said, I'm sick of people screaming vote like this makes a difference. Yeah, people of color fought for the right, yada, yada, yada. People of color also fought for integration. And that shite was a mistake. We are fools to think that this system will ever favor us. This shite needs to be destroyed and a new system must be established.
1: You know, my 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 first question would be, um, what does he suggest as a new system? And I'm a, uh, and let me just say this: I'm a postmodernist, right? I don't I don't believe that the systems that we have in place are working and are the best systems. Mm-hmm. And so there are some people that believe you can transform the system from inside the system. Well, being a postmodernist. I simply say get rid of the system, Mm -hmm. right? Scrap it all. And create a system that works. So we are in agreement on that, right? Mm -hmm. That's just my viewpoint. Um, There are many that will disagree with me. Uh, Let me say this. I don't, you know, this is where I battle with this idea of integration being a problem. Now, I get the argument. I do. I, I and, and I think it's a valid argument that when you talk about the social exclusion of black people from, say, churches, mm. colleges, well, let's just talk about the education system altogether, right? And and talk about redlining, having us to. Uh, Create our own communities because we were not allowed to be in other communities. So I, I get the argument that black people were strong when they had their own social institutions, their own educational institutions. I get that. I do, D. But then something comes to mind, Dr. King. And I can't I I, I can't like get away from King's philosophy of the fact that we need to coexist. I can't shake that. Right. I can't get away from that because I have white brothers and sisters and Latino brothers and sisters and Asian brothers and sisters in which I have relationships with and which they love me and I love them. So and you I you got your ancestry back too. So you got oh, a little bit all that in me. I got a little bit of all that in, all that <laughs> in me, right? So here, so so my whole thing is I can't shake the reality of philosophy of that sort of oneness. Yes, oneness. That's a great way of putting it. But brother Bloom, I, I, again I cannot dismiss his argument because it has validity, right? It is Garveyism at its best, right? We need to have our own. Uh, we need to create our own black businesses and communities and so forth. Look at the Tulsa race riots and what happened to Tulsa in 1921. So we know the history of of that, the, the victory, the mountaintop, and also the valley, right? We understand that. However... I don't think integration in itself is the problem. Mm-hmm. I think the, impl- the implementation of integration was a problem. I think that white folks that were in power never truly wanted integration. Mm-hmm. See, in American society, we have a facade of things. Right. We have this facade of diversity, uh, this facade of uh, everybody can you can be what you want to be. And America is this system where if you work hard, you can get to where you. Well, that's just straight up. OK, I'm not going to let Richard have to bleep me. On that one. OK, right. shite. <laughs> that doesn't exist because there is a system in place. And this is where Brother Bloom and I agree. There's a system in place that prevents that. It prevents true integration. Integration means that I can can come into the space and be equally treated and accepted and offer the same opportunity as anybody in that space. That's what integration is about. The implementation of that means that I walk in and I'm black.
0: Mm.
1: Now you got a problem. Now I got a problem. And I'm male. Mm.
0: Right. If you like DT, you got locks. <laughs> now you got the triple problem. Yeah, yeah, now, now you got locks,
1: okay? And so I think it is the well, rollout too. of that, the rollout of that. I, I would say it is the skewed or the grotesque rollout of that that prevents us from having this purity, this pious kind of rollout of what integration means, right? Now, I'm going to take issue with the voting thing, though. I'm definitely, you, you you guys know where I'm going here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I've had this question. I've been on air. I've been on multiple radios, national radio, and people have come up and say, "As black people, why do we vote? Our vote doesn't count." Well, I can tell you like this. I, I feel like in this last election, nobody's vote counted. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's keep it honest not just for black folks but white folks for asian folks for latino folks nobody vote counted because of the russian because of the russians uh, uh 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 sort of uh, collusion with the uh the trump administration so i i i don't think nobody vote counted so i get that the problem i have though brother bloom let me say this the problem i have is i look at folks that have died right I look at the sacrifice, and D, it's hard for me to turn my back on that sacrifice. Those that went to the polls and were ran away by the Ku Klux Klan. Mm, or killed on the rise. Right. Killed. Those that believe that their vote mattered so much that they were willing to sacrifice their life. I can't shake it, right? And so in me, Brother Bloom, it breeds a sort of obligation, right? So whether I think it is working in the way that it is designed to work, maybe not. But what I, but what I understand is brother boom, what I understand is I must do it. Maybe I do it simply because it's a tradition thereof. And there are some traditions in the black community that we need to upheld simply because we are black folk. right? And, um, and at the end of the day, we're not going to change anything if we don't vote. I mean, that's, uh, D, you can, I, I want you to pipe in here because, you know, hey, I, I, again, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I'm preaching no to myself, right? No doubt. Uh, so, Boom says, you. so you just go through the motions. Go through the motions of what? Voting? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I mean, I think it. May, I think, I think statistically, when we look at the data, we can see it made a difference in electing the first black president. No one can deny, deny that statistics. When black folks get out, matter of fact, when you look at Alabama, and I'm not sure that, and we talked about this on the show that Alabamans that it benefited them to actually put. Doug Jones into office. Doug Jones, I think he ran for the Senate, right? Was it the Senate? Congress? I can't remember. It's something. Somebody will correct me on that. But whatever he ran for, that's a national election. That has very little impact on local elections. But they sold it to black folks as local. We need to change this. Need we, Doug Jones ain't got You have state legislators, right? You have a mayor. You have a you have a council which make those decisions. And so I don't th- I don't know if it was in black folks interest. But what I will say is you saw the power of the black vote when it came to Alabama. You also saw the power of the black folk when it came to Barack Obama. You know, so I, I think going through the motions, eh, I think it's a little bit more than that. I think we may. And I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example. Milwaukee, where I'm from, the majority of Milwaukee are minority voters. You can't white folks are are in the in the are in the minority in Milwaukee. You can't get elected in Milwaukee without the minority vote so is there power there absolutely now let me say this we've been to Milwaukee mm. we've seen the challenges in mm. Milwaukee most segregated city <laughs> in the whole united states right? so so one could question whether or not that power actually makes a difference, however. Um, I think voting does make a difference. You might want to scroll down on that, bro. But so, go ahead, wait. bro.
0: I said, Eliza has another comment. She says, I understand Mr. Boom is coming from, I understand where Mr. Boom is coming from, but for white folks like me who have dear friends who are black, without integration, our past may have never crossed. And it's just like to the point you said, you know, we're all kind of now uh, in contact and communication and partnership and relationship with people who are not of our own uh, mm-hmm. cultural foundation. And so that's something that we all deal with on a, on a daily basis. Um, you can't go anywhere and not see somebody not like you unless you live in this isolated type of environment. And uh, as people who are impoverished or. Uh, of the lower classes, you don't have a choice but to be integrated, or to be influenced by, or to be uh, included in environments and societies that are not only of your people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I, I, I mean, like anybody, I, I went to school with all types of different people. Uh, and had I not, or had not integration been a thing, or this you know uh, type of living had been consistent with. My reality, then I wouldn't have you know some of the partnerships and friendships that I have. So I think that's that's any of us. Um, Boom says uh, the only thing in his opinion is that integration allowed for the U.S. to spend our money elsewhere. Uh, I mean, I mean that's, and that's 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 valid because you know we look at the statistics on black spending power mm-hmm. and and the, the black dollars mm-hmm. uh, and and all those things. We understand that we have that power. Uh, Just like when when the Black Panther went to the box office, we showed up in droves to support that. Uh, I would argue that, you know, our money collectively could be spent in other ways to help build up that um, cultural uh, wealth uh, as opposed to spending it at at a movie theater. But there is still some significance in what happened with that. Uh, we have now the what the number one movie in the world, broke all the records, uh and what have you. But I don't think that tells the whole story about us as individual people. Um he also asked about uh did, did having Barack Obama as a, as the President of the United States benefit us.
1: I, I think it does. And I, and I think but I think the I, I think the the idea of uh what was beneficial for black folk this is what I argue like did I think some expectations D going into the ascension of Barack Obama was misguided I think the idea. Well, you know, it's just like black people said. There's an expectation. Right? Yeah, and black people said now things are going to be different because we got a black president. Well, that's what white nationalists are saying. <laughs> no, really. Right. You know what we when we got a white we got a white nationalist in the White House. We're going to take our country back. This and the other thing. The expectations are skewed. Now the president is a position over the United States of America. It represents, it should represent, we don't see that right now in this clown that is in office, but it should represent all people, all races, all cultures, all identities. However, it doesn't, right? So I think the expectations, but Barack Obama in himself, in his wife, in his family, and in, in the way he showed black excellence, mm-hmm. compare Barack... This is what I want to say to anybody that says, does it make a difference? Compare Barack Obama to Donald Trump You can okay, you see the difference You can okay, you see the difference and some differences are symbolic. they're not just in monetary they're not just they're they're simply symbolic in what a person represents. so to me, I think him being in office definitely benefited black folk in the sense that black excellence was shown black family excellence was seen not just by the united states by the by the world and and how we capitalize on that is a whole different whole different thing but let me say this with brother boom let me say this okay let me just say this this is where we we centrally agree that integration for me and I'm going to speak for Brother Bloom, in, in, integration for me in him means that when I walk in the room, my color means nothing to you. My gifts, my talents, my ability. My voice weighs the same as anybody in the room. I have the same opportunity. I have the same, I started the same line as everybody else. And until we receive that, Oh, yeah, I have a problem with integration. I do. I mean, how could I be a black man and not have a problem with that? When I see what happens to me each and every day of my life and happen to black folks across this country, yes, I do have a problem with it. I just believe that the implementation of it is the issue, not integration itself. I I will parallel that with separate but equal. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, separate but equal. Yeah, you 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 on paper it looks good. But the implementation of it, no, it's not because the 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 car in the back was not like the car in the front. Right? The bathroom was not the same. The rest of going in the back was not. You, you understand what I'm saying? Right? The schools are not the same. So you 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 on paper on paper It may look good, but in reality it's not because we live in a system that is designed to award unearned privilege to a certain class of people because of their race and to demonize the other class because of their race. What else? We got some more comments, Steve. Eliza
0: chimes back in. She says, I don't remember Obama having five innocent young black men locked up just because of their
1: color. Oh, it's true. There's the Central Park Five. Mm. It's true. He didn't take out man just think if if hold on, let me let hold on, let me say this. And I wasn't gonna even go here, but let me go there. <laughs> Barack Obama and Stormy Daniels. Oh. What if Barack Obama had a porn star that came out and said she had a relationship with him while Michelle was just having a baby? Mm. What would the conversation be like? Mm. Okay? That's white privilege. This N word here. <laughs> Come on, would have been the start of the conversation. Oh my man, they would have been calling for impeachment. <laughs> they, I mean, the, the um, Fox News would have been going crazy. This guy had to be squeaky clean. That's white privilege. And so you're right. When we see what's happening with this lunatic in the White House, folks, it's ridiculous. All you got to do is transfer that over to what if the russia investigation was into barack obama <laughs> what if barack obama was firing fbi people Yo, boom said if, if barack smoked a cigarette again it would have been <laughs> over <laughs> exactly no doubt. It's, it's, it's the truth it, it, and i think i think what we have become numb to this guy i mean our standards when it comes to white privilege is so low that a black person, a black person can do as little as, as as he said, smoke a cigarette and be demonized. But this man can say, I can grab him by the pussy because I'm a celebrity. He can be, what if Barack Obama, D, we got to take a break here. But what if Barack Obama was accused by, what is it, 13, 15 women of sexual assault? <laughs> hmm. Oh my God. I mean, I mean this is this is ludicrous. I mean, he wouldn't survive an hour. They would march his, you know what, out of the White House yeah. immediately. Mm-hmm. But this man is able to get a pass. Folks, we're gonna take a break. Social exclusion. We're gonna get to it. Trust me, but this conversation, I don't know, D, we might have to hold off. Yeah. This conversation <laughs> is great. Keep the comments coming. We love it, folks. We'll be right back.
0: This is DT of the One Mic One Voice podcast. Just want to let you guys know you can go over to iTunes and search us at One Mic One Voice and be sure to rate and review our episodes. Let us know about any feedback that you have and what you enjoy about the episodes. Also, you can go over to Stitcher where you can get the latest and freshest episodes of our podcast streamed directly to your smartphone or iPad. No downloading or syncing. How cool! Real smooth. Also, we'd just like to take the time to thank you for your time and for your energy and for spending time with us as we discuss the historical record of our time. This is Dr. Laura Gilat, and when I listen to podcasts, I always listen to the One Mic, One Voice show. This is Richard Taplin, host of Black & Studios The Black Box. Join Elijah Belly and myself as we interview entrepreneurs as they share their stories of passion and how it motivates them to strive forward. We also explore new topics on self-improvement. If you want to listen to our show, simply search Black & Studios on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, or Stitcher. And be sure to follow us at Blackett Studios on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to catch all the shows that record here at Blackest Studios, simply go to the website, blackettstudios.com. And remember, it's Blackett.
1: This is Dr. Paul Ketchum, and I fully support one mic, one voice, and I recommend you do the same.
0: Thank you for downloading this episode. If you're on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play Music, or whatever podcasting library you're listening to this show on, please rate and review. Those reviews and ratings help us tremendously. We thank you.
1: man we're having a great discussion yes sir a lot of input your input is value the mind is a great thing when you think about things you see many times in our life we simply (laughs) drift along by the wind we don't understand that we need to dive deep into the mysteries of our time yeah we can do that if we are committed to the truth we will do that and unless we have these very important conversations we will never never truly have that i want to go back for a minute do we have any more comments that we need to talk about there's one down here brother that okay at the bottom there <clears throat> Yeah, Boom says that uh, there's a
0: note that legislation was passed for the LGBT community, but little to none for the people of color. And this is during um, his question concerning Barack Obama's uh, stint as the president of the United States. Well,
1: what I will say is this, The, um, the LGBTQ community has done a phenomenal job of organizing better than we have as black folks. If we truly want to admit that, they have. They have an agenda. And no one that is in the know can deny that. And I applaud them for their unity. That's what we lack when it comes to black folk. Now, I know I'm probably going to get some in my message box about that, D., But that's all right. I can deal with it because it's the truth. We have yet to figure out as black folk how to come together. And we don't recognize our strength. It's not about exclusion or hate or retribution. It's about receiving what we should do. Receiving what we should as black people. And that's got to come through unity. So, yeah, I agree. He responded to the unity of that community. We can talk about Doctor West. We can talk about the folks, the the Black Republicans on the right. We can talk. We can talk about all of that. That's this, We we have disunity among Black people. Mm-hmm. And if we don't want to acknowledge that, me and D were having a conversation. I was looking at uh, Arthur Miller last night, the playwright. Mm, 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 mm. Arthur Miller made a statement. He said that the writer's task is to reveal the hidden and the unspoken, and that's where the truth lies. Until we talk about what is unspoken in our community, this this disunity, what is hidden in our community, the pain, The fact that I might have a black boss and the black boss treats me worse than a white man. Mm. Until we talk about that, there is no unity. So we have things inside the community, my dear brother, that we need to work on and we need to eradicate before we can begin to have unity. Yes, I'm going to say this, like the LGBTQ community. Uh, uh, boom agrees he said they
0: also have a strong economic base which makes it a big difference uh, eliza said could it be that certain people uh certain powers that be are trying to stop black people from coming together eliza look up uh cointelpro yeah. uh, which is an organization strictly uh, designed to do just that mm-hmm. um so yes to
1: in the short to answer that question well, I mean, you go back to the fbi man in, i and, mean and, go back yeah. to the police yeah. in general yeah uh, to, to yeah go back to the creation of uh you know l- watch the movie uh slavery by another name i mean it yes there 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 always been forces there's always been forces that have worked to tore black unity because what they realize which is true is that we have the intellect the creativity the resources to change the trajectory of this country, and by dividing us, dividing country. I mean, when you when you look at even do, do do, and I and I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir, but I mean, when you look at the when you look at the Black Panthers, and when you look at also the Nation of Islam, there were, the FBI paid informants within there to disrupt. Mm. <laughs> there is a history of that. Knowledge is power right yeah so yeah it is there i can't blame all the the black race but i think we play a part and sometimes you have to rise i think a that.
0: challenge too mike we face is that um the black community quote unquote is looked at as a monolithic and we're mm-hmm. all like so different even within that space of being black or considered african-american or whatever you would uh choose to name that group of people. Uh, And so it's hard for even some blacks to accept the fact that they're being categorized based off their own or based off some uh, generalized uh, way of thinking, Mm -hmm. uh, generalized way of being, generalized way of uh, existing on this planet. And so all that comes with uh, the fact that we are all individuals Mm -hmm. And that tells the biggest story in in our approaches and the way that we go about living our lives, the way that we process the information that is coming from living this lifestyle. Uh, and I think that's that's a, a huge thing mm. to to point out because no one black, I mean, no two black people are the same, mm. even considering they may have grown up together, same neighborhood, same family. You mean all. we don't
1: all look the same? No.
0: <laughs> I mean... <laughs> And, and I honestly, like I'm watching TV and I mean, you see a bunch of you see a, a sea of, of white faces mm-hmm. or Asian faces or Hispanic faces, and in your mind, these people are the same mm-hmm. in a sense and and to that to that point, you know that's disrespectful to think that we see one person as the same as, as all the people who represent that mm-hmm. uh, nationality. And so I would feel the same disrespect in somebody looking at me saying, oh, man, you look like this other black dude I just yeah, seen. Yeah. you
1: like, man, hey, you, hey, yeah. wait a minute, I'm yeah. unique. Leroy, right. Leroy, <laughs> Leroy. Man, I ain't Leroy. Wait a minute, I've got my
0: own characteristics, right? <laughs> and so, uh, I th- man, that's, that's a big uh, psychological game that is, that is happening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and even our perception of each other and the way that we go about understanding individual issues.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I agree, and and everything that we've been talking about <laughs> falls into this this idea of social exclusion, right? This idea of being moved to the periphery, to the fringes of society, mm-hmm. strictly because of the race that we are. Now, I'm not going to sit here today and say that we're all simply you know, there's only black people on the fringes of society. There are poor whites. There are there are the immigrate the immigrants mm. are moved to the fringes of society. Right? A country built on immigration turns around and says, "You know what? It was good for me, but it's not good for you." Mm. Right? My my ancestors came here, but guess what? You can't come here. Right? That's the problem we have. A, a president that's married to an immigrant. That's questionable about her 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 citizenship. Can say Mexicans are rapists, criminals, blacks. What 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 do you have to lose? You go out your house mm-hmm. and you get shot. Yeah, I walk out my house. I'm fine. Nah, I, I, again, I don't I don't I don't I don't know. I grew up in of Milwaukee. I'm still here. <laughs> no, nobody shot me. You know what I mean the the idea You're of Fifty Cent, right? I'm not 50 cent. Well, you know, he got a lot of money, though. Yeah, he got shot nine times, too, so. But, you know, he got probably nine million, though. That was before the shooting, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the point being is that, listen, um, I'm not saying that everyone on the fringes are just black folk, but I'm saying when you look, at, you look at the health statistics, as we talked about in our lab, we talked about these magnets, the poverty magnets. We talked about the segregation magnet, the health magnet, the education magnet, the the discrimination magnet, and how all of those things pull us away from the mainstream of society. It pulls us away from what? Integrating. Hmm. That's it. From that oneness. From that oneness. Pulls us away. Not because the majority of white people are saying, I don't want you here but because of a system that prevents you from being here. Let's say, for instance, a brother that spends time in prison. Okay, he does his time. He gets out, has a felony. He's lucky enough to get a job. He pays taxes, but he can't vote. That's the fringes. That's taxation without Representation. That's how this whole thing happened, right? But we do that all the time to black and brown folk. Oklahoma leads the nation in incarcerating black women. Let me repeat that Oklahoma leads the nation in incarcerating black women. 53206 in Milwaukee, 67% of all black males go to jail. Are we born bad? Ouch. Are we born corrupt? Ouch. Are we born not wanting anything? Are we born with some criminality in our brain? Not at all. Look at a baby when it's born. It smiles, it laughs, it plays. There's no criminality, there's no corruption. But introduce you to America. <laughs> Yeah, let me introduce you to America With all your media Well, I don't see myself I don't see myself Matter of fact, when I see myself, I'm a criminal Mm. When I see myself, D I'm the villain Right? When I look at 500 CEOs, I don't see myself Mainly when I look at teachers, I don't see black males. Mm. When I look at the wealthy in this country, I don't see black people. When I see the covers of Vogue and Seventeen and when I see the covers of Vanity Fair, I don't see anybody that looks like me. What does that mean? To a young child. Mm. Yeah, you begin to question your beauty. You begin to question your identity. A system is created, right? And then all of a sudden now, I'm growing up in a hood that, man, there is no jobs. Mm -hmm. And get this, D, the only people that own business don't look like me. Mm -mm. I go around to the corner store, man, that's iranians. I, I go around to in the predominantly black neighborhood. Yeah, yeah in a right. predominant, I'm I'm saying, well, why? Okay, and I see bars up. I see bulletproof glass. I'm saying, am I your enemy? You have come into my community, and you've set up a a some sort of prison to save yourself mm. from me, but you want my money. Mm. This is truth. This is the unspoken. This is what we don't want to talk about. Right? What does that say to a child? Mm. I remember going in there. I'm like, man, what is what is this? I took a brother, man, when I was in graduate school back to this fish place, man. <laughs> Bro, let me tell you something. This was probably the most guarded fish place I ever seen in my life. Bulletproof glass everywhere. The way they gave you your food was they opened up like this. Like this steel door mm-hmm. and hand the food through there. I feel like you're in a prison. Uh, I, uh-huh. But you want my money, but you won't even touch my hand. Mm. Interesting. What does that say to a young boy or girl? Black. In their own community. You see, the system is designed to turn out exactly what is turning out. So, in other words, when I do something because I have a lack of opportunity, I have a lack of education. So, when I do something that is against the law, you lock me up. Then you give me a record. Then you tell me I'm never going to be anything. Mm. Right? Daddy's in prison. Mama's on drugs. It is the cycle of a system. And until we begin to transform, no, 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 let me back up for a minute. I'm on I'm I'm uh, Brother Boom. I'm going I'm to get on that. Until we eradicate the system. Yeah. Make it a huh? Make it a new system that is equitable. Let's talk about the opiate crisis. We're going to have to get out of here. We haven't even got to our time. But <laughs> well, we're going to have to get out of here. The opiate crisis. Why is it a crisis? Because it's happening to the white folks. Nope, it wasn't a crisis. The, the crack wasn't a crisis. That's just lock them up. Mm. But all of a sudden now, it's happening in the suburbs. And it's white people, it's white students. It's a national epidemic. Hmm.
0: Something's got to be done. You know, it's funny because, like, I've watched uh, over this past couple weeks. Uh, different conferences, different um, town hall meetings that come together to address the opioid addiction. We even had our uh, number forty-five even address this issue several times. And like you said, what happened when there was crack flooding the streets, and this thing was taking over so many families and so many, uh, so many evil uh, aspects. Uh, we had the war on drugs, right, with uh Lyndon B. Johnson. Which targeted who? Right. Okay. <laughs> and so uh I, I definitely agree. It's 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 definitely interesting to see the contrast when you get a chance to see who is involved uh racially. And it's sad to even have to put that out there like that, but that's what it is. Uh Boom also says that there's always going to be an underclass. However, we should not be it. And I agree to that 100% because on the backs of black, this place was built. right? And um, to be in a subservient role in a society where you've done most of the work is strange
1: mm. <laughs> to me. And you got nothing for it. You got nothing for it. Simply, you free, mm. and are you free? And are you free? This is what we're talking about. It's free to do the wrong thing. We live in a society has, that has yet that has yet to address what Alfred Murray talked about: the unspoken, the hidden. We can't deal with the unspoken. It's too painful. I understand. I get it. I get it. My white brothers and sisters, I get it. I, and you know, you in the modern era, you didn't have slaves. You didn't do these things. I get it. But it's our history. I ask you this question: What do we do with that? If you do nothing with it, who will? If you don't acknowledge it, who will? You see, even on the micro level, if one is hurt, if one is wounded, until restitution is made, nothing will happen. Matter of fact, I will say if you even believe in God, God says this, repent. It's in the scriptures. Until you repent, there is no restitution. This is not our charge. We are nothing more than the watchman on the tower simply announcing what has transpired. <laughs> but it is up to you. It is up to you to take this charge and do something with it. Hmm. What am I saying? I'm saying that you play a role in this. You might not have had me shackled. You might not have had me in your field. But because of the origin of your your birth and the unearned privilege that you experience each and every day, you are obligated. Because history will speak of us. Somewhere in the distant future, scribe will reach down deep into the archives of our time. And what will she find? Will she discover that we overcame our differences? Will she find that out of many, we became one? Or will she find that we solved nothing and remain a divided peoples? Yes, history will speak of us.
0: We can beat the change that's in our life All we gotta do is work together We gotta raise our children better We gotta stop the hate, stop the hate And spread the love One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one you can change the world, it's your choice One bus one bus You can change the world, it's your choice Your choice
1: Today's broadcast is being brought to you by Black & Studios. To learn more about Black & Studios, please visit them at blackandstudios.com or visit them on their Facebook page, Black & Studios. Today's broadcast is also being brought to you by Perry Publishing & Broadcasting. To learn more about Perry Publishing & Broadcasting, please visit their website at perrypublishingandbroadcasting.net. The opinions of the One Might One Voice show do not reflect the views of Black & Studios or Perry Publishing and Broadcasting. Thank you for downloading the One Might One Voice show.